Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Support for the Spurs show is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below the waist grooming. Big news. Manscaped had just released their new cologne scent to help you feel good and smell good all over and at all times. Who knew smelling this good could feel this good too? With the same signature scent that's in more Manscaped formula, this cologne is a perfect complement to the collection. Light, approachable and gentlemanly in all the right ways. Think of it as your wingman for the night to keep you fresh and ready for anything. Calming and inviting, the signature scent introduces a light citrus burst before settling into the anchoring notes of vetiver and a woodsy masculine finish. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SPURS20 at manscaped.com. Com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use Spurs 20. Look good, smell good, feel good with Manscaped. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of The Spurs Show in association with William Hill, the official betting partner of Tottenham Hotspur. Three heavyweights tonight. I'm not talking about the combined weight. Uh, heavyweights of uh, broadcasting and newspapers and radio. First of all, uh, a man who went viral this week with his <laughs> Tottenham uh, tirade from the heart, uh, the broadcaster, Paul Hawksby. How are you, Paul? Yeah, good. Thanks, Mike. What's it like going viral? It was a bit weird. I wasn't expecting that. I, I, I don't think I've had such a lot of traction from uh, from a rant before. I don't often rant, really. It's it's what Andy Jacobs does. But um, I, what I saw last Thursday was just gobsmacking. So I just I, I had no option but the, to go into one. Unfortunately, we had to talk about it again because that's what the listeners oh, will want to hear. Yeah, but uh, I can't. We can't skirt over, over it. And also uh, joining us again is the journalist and author. Martin Lipton. How are you, Martin? Oh, don't ask. <laughs> 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 well, we need to make it 
make it worse is a bit of snow to stop <laughs> stop you know London yeah. moving as well. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and finally, man has been on many times as, as well. The editor of the Jewish Chronicle, the world's oldest Jewish newspaper, Stephen Pollard returns. How are you, Stephen? I'm good, thanks. I'm good, thanks. I was just thinking the only way we can cheer ourselves up is if we change this from being the Spurs show to the England cricket show. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Happy to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, that's what I get idea. For one night only. So, Joe Roots, yeah, Yeah. that'd be nice. (laughs) Well, tonight we've got to talk about the... uh, the awful performance against Chelsea, which made it three defeats in a row. The obviously better performance, albeit against West Brom at the weekend. And then two, uh, again, a massive week for Tottenham this week. The game tomorrow night, the FA Cup fifth round at Goodison Park. And then Sunday, the game probably against the champions-elect Manchester City. Uh, before we start, uh, just to remind everyone there, and, and I really hope, I mean, none of you are going anywhere. So this Friday, we're doing a very special live virtual show uh, for the Tottenham Tribute Trust. It's us. It's a virtual show with Martin Chivers. Talking about going back to, uh, you know, halcyon days of winning things and great goals. Martin is coming on the show next Friday, 8 o'clock. We're going to chat about his career. We're going to show loads of goals as we sit in the virtual Spurs show pub. It's going to be quite exciting what, what we're going to do. Tickets are just £6. Uh, so just go to tickets.spursshow.net. And uh, we'll have an hour with Martin Chivers. And I think we all need cheering up at the moment. And that it's going to be a lovely, lovely night. And you can just watch from your home, uh, on your TV, your tablet, your phone, whatever. Uh, please, uh, even if you can't join us, give six quid. Money goes to the Tottenham Tribute Trust. Go to tickets.spurshow.net. Well, Paul, we're going to start with you because uh, we've already alluded to your uh, going viral. You know, we went into the Chelsea game, obviously on the back of... The Liverpool defeat at home, where we were awful. Uh, the Brighton defeat, were awful. And we all, all most Spurs fans of a certain age, went. The players will know it's Chelsea, Jose's ex-team. Here we go. But particularly that first half, uh, as you alluded to, was I, 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 I can't really think of a worse forty-five minutes. I'm sure I've been. To, I'm sure I, I, we witnessed them. But it, it takes a lot to remember a worse forty-five minutes, doesn't it, Paul? It does. The, the lack of the lack of intent, the lack of intensity in the play, the lack of ambition, the poor quality of the passing, the way we set up. I mean, it was just it was unbelievable. I mean, look, as I said, we've seen plenty of bad performances as Tottenham fans over the years, and you can often say, "Yeah, I've been to games where we've had a half where we've lost five nil." But to set up against anybody, let alone Chelsea like that, and just be so lacking. In, in the basics was incredible. And I said on, on that rant that really, if, if you've just left Jose Mourinho's dressing room and that's what you turn out, he should be ashamed, really. He should be ashamed of what that team produced in the first hour because, you know, his words are still ringing in their ears and they offered that up. They got marginally better in the second half. They ran around a bit more. But Vinicius had one shot, didn't he? Or missed yeah. a header, didn't he? I think from memory. It was generally just an awful, awful performance. It's quite hard now because look at it within the context of the two games. Mm. And we saw against West Brom, and it's hard just to look at Chelsea without that. We Mm. see, you know, as soon as you see Lamella and Lucas and Son and Kane, the intense there, it it tells, I mean, it's very different opposition. I'm not sure you would have lined up against Chelsea like that. But but I think you suddenly saw then that it was a completely different uh, mindset that we were on the front foot. Um, My other thing was, 
is that I really do feel that if there were fans in the stadium, I think we've been saying this, other people on the podcast have said this recently, you know, you wouldn't be able to play like that. The crowd would get into the players and then you'd see a response. But I also think that Jose would now be falling out with the crowd. I think we'd be getting lots of, he'd be turning around, giving it the three fingers, saying, <laughs> saying respect. He'd be in press conferences, making less than cryptic uh, criticisms of the Tottenham fans. Uh, saying our great years and our, you know our, we're a crap club we're lucky to have him I mean that hasn't happened so that has spared him and I think it stopped the situation getting quite as toxic as it could have done in, in recent weeks mm. You're right I mean Martin you know you've been going as a fan uh, probably even longer you know in, in your capacity as a football writer could it you know maybe I'm not, can you remember a worse uh, performance in that in, in such a key game? I've never before walked out of a game and after half an hour on Thursday night, I just, I, I literally went into the other room with my wife. I couldn't, I was sitting next to my 11-year-old who, to be fair to him, kept with it. I just, I couldn't. I had, I just, before half time, I was just so depressed at the lack of intensity, at the inertia, the sedentary nature of the performance that I walked away. I've never done that in my life. I'm just, I was, I was beyond frustrated because there was, and I wasn't angry. I got beyond anger. It was just inconceivable to watch a performance of that limited intent, quality, anything. It, it was absolutely without any merit, except that they didn't have players off the pitch at the end of it, because there was nothing in it whatsoever from start to finish. It was just mind-blowingly awful. No, I mean, you're right, Stephen. I mean... What what's so weird and frustrating is is that none of us can go, which at the moment is a blessing. But you know, with COVID and everything and lockdown, it's the kind of one thing we go, oh, Spurs are on tonight and whatever. But there's such a split amongst fans, and I know social media isn't all the fans, and I get that. But social media is quite important now. And I know the club uh, really watches uh, social media and what is said by, you know, uh, fans, pundits, writers, whatever. They 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 really do. And there's a real split between, and I was one of them. I, I, I'll hold my hands up. I was like, I will watch awful football if it means we win games. And what, a month, six weeks ago, top of the league, nicking wins, uh, defending well, the low block, you know, Sun and Kane up front, brilliant. I went, yeah, it's it's not pretty, but you know what? I'll take it. But suddenly, and and I I, I can't put my finger on it. All of a sudden, we weren't even offering that. When you look at the Brighton game, Liverpool home and away. Well, I think when you look at other results, Liverpool were there if we went at them. And then Chelsea was like the the, the, the Nadir. It was so bad. Where, where do you think that stems from? Do you think he's lost some of the players? I, I, I feel like uh, this whole thing has been like I've gone on some kind of emotional Californian learning journey. I, I, I've, sp- I've learned something about myself. I've learned that I can lie to myself because I've spent the last you know year and a bit telling myself that I'm okay with him as manager and that you know yes, if we play rubbish football, you know what? It's good for us. We're going to learn a winning mentality and all that kind of stuff. And I realised in the last you know, couple of weeks or so since the Liverpool game. What a load of crap. I don't believe that for a moment. He's the wrong manager for Spurs. He's killing us. It's terrible. There's no way through it. There's no other way of looking at it. And I think what gets me, there's two things got really got to me about the Chelsea game. The first was 
I mean, just in a way to state the obvious, I mean, talking to all my friends before the game, we all said, it's going to be hell, isn't it? It's going to be terrible. It's going to be listless, and they're going to run rings around us. And that's exactly what happened. There wasn't the slightest change to any of our predictions. But actually, in a way, what really has got to me about it, and it, it, it feels almost pedantic to point this out, but the fact that we only lost because of a stupid Eric Dyer penalty, um, in a way, it's basically even worse about it because, A, we could have had an unfair result. I wouldn't mind an unfair result. But everyone seems to have forgotten the fact that it's pointed out yet again how completely useless Eric Dyer is playing in that position. And we seem to have sort of forgotten to talk about the individual players now. And even I'm doing it myself. I'm talking about the manager. But the manager is only as good as the players. Even, you know, even if we'd had Klopp as manager, we might, you know, we'd still be Spurs. Um, and the players have to take a huge amount of responsibility for this. It's, it's a very good point, Paul. I mean, obviously, if, if you remember the end of Pochettino, we all said the players have stopped playing for him. He's lost his mojo. That Champions League defeat uh, has affected him so badly. In saying that, when you go back the Champions League season, we lost some awful games in the league as well. And we, but we kind of went, it's gone. Whatever was there has gone. And and when you, as, as Stephen said there, when you look at individual errors, the, the, the Liverpool one, Hugo Lloris, two big errors, Eric Dyer, another big error. And again, when you look at the goal against Chelsea, there was one or two um, defenders in front of Werner. He didn't have to make it. He went down early. He could have looked up and seen two white shirts and just, you know, pulled back and not done anything. It's those little moments that go against us that it, it, I think is part of something bigger. Yeah, I mean, it was witnessed by Dyer, really. It was, uh, I think it was, was it Barney Roney in The Guardian said he was like a sort of tortoise flailing about on his back. I mean, <laughs> it's just, it's ridiculous, isn't it? To sort of lie there and just your feet flailing away. You're going to connect with someone in the end and you're going to give away a penalty. The worrying thing for me with Dyer has been some of his performances, a lot of balls into the box that we're not dealing with. A lot of those have been Dyer's problem. And I think you're talking about the players having the right players, Stephen saying there. I think he obviously he's got Kane and Son who he loves up front. He's got a goalkeeper who's often, as we know, has got a bit of a wreck in him, but I think he trusts. Um, he's got in Hoybier, especially a midfielder who he trusts. But at the back, I don't think he, he's completely decided on certainly his centre backs, what he wants from his centre backs, because Toby's in, Toby's out, he plays Sanchez. And I know he's got to rotate, there's a lot of games, and some of them get leggy. But you'd need to build a partnership. And I don't think he's ever quite... I don't think he trusts any of them completely. That's what he lacks. He lacks a general at the back. All of his best teams have had a general at the back that he completely trusts. And I don't think he's got that yet. I mean, and I think had it not been for the the virus and maybe a bit more money to spend, he may have gone looking for that. But he knows he can't do anything. He's going to have to make the best of what he's got at the moment. That is only... That's only vital. I mean, everything. I agree with everything you said. But that's only exposed when we're playing the likes of Chelsea and Liverpool and City and so on. The thing that's unforgivable, and you have to, you have to blame Marino for, is the way that that matters against lesser teams. It shouldn't matter because of the way we're set up. If we're just going to sit back against the likes, you know, get against bottom half teams, um, we're going to reap the results of it that we've had. And that's it. Matter. It shouldn't matter that we've got basically a pretty useless defence because we should be out there attacking, and we're not doing that. Martin, there's been there's been uh, you know a lot of Spurs fans who have suddenly gone. Uh, you might be one of them. I don't know. Going, that's it. This isn't going to work. 
you know, um, calls for him to be sacked last week. Um, going back, looking back over Enoch, just to kind of remind people, Enoch kind of took over in 2001. Uh, obviously, George Graham was was moved out pretty quickly, just before the semi-final against the Woolwich Wanderers. But just to remind people, March 2001 under Hoddle, we lost 4-0 to Chelsea, followed by 4-0 at Man United, Charlton 1-0 at home. The following season, we lost 2-0 United, Middlesbrough 5-1, followed by Blackburn 4-0. Then under Santini, we went 4-5 games. Uh, Martin Yole, seven games without a win. Ramos, no win in his first eight games. You remember when Harry Redknapp took over. AVB, there was the Man City 6-0. Sherwood, Liverpool 5-0. Chelsea 4-0. Liverpool again 4-0. Man City 5-1. I mean, when you look at that under Enoch, he's nowhere near getting sacked on results alone, is he? Uh, certainly not on the contract he's on. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> that's the other thing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> look, I mean, if you said at the start of the season we'd be within four points of fourth after 22 games with a game in hand and having played seven of the big of the 10 nominally toughest matches and beaten Chelsea sorry beaten City and United and Arsenal already you'd have taken that in truth you'd have been pretty thinking that's it's not great but that'll ruin the game it doesn't feel like that but that's exactly. the reality. Exactly. And that's what the, they will look at. And they are, I mean, we may not have may, had the classically difficult path to the League Cup final, but we are in the League Cup final. We're in the last 16 of the FA Cup and we've got a, a game against a team that they should be able to easily put away in Europe to get into the last 16. And so once you look at it in the round, it's actually not that bad. It's just, I think it, it feels worse than it actually is um that, that old saying that things are never quite as good or quite as bad as you think they are. I think that certainly sums up this season. I remember coming on after the United game, never been as bullish as I was after we put six past United. Thinking, and we were able to come and we're playing with this great attack in football. And then West Ham happened. And I look at, at that and think that that was the equivalent for this team of what Harry Kane's match was against that Chelsea team of his where he changed the way he played as a result of a match. When we beat them 5-3 at Christmas. And the difference, of course, he could could go more defensive then because he had Terry and Power at the back and Ashley Cole at left back. And, you know, he had better players defensively. Mm. I wouldn't say necessarily better players attacking, but better players defensively. And he had a, a midfield that worked for him. And he was, and he regressed, and it worked. And he thought, you know what? I'm going to score enough goals with these two or three up front that we can win games one nil, and we'll beat them two nil because they'll overcommit, and we'll take them on the counter. And he he forgot that for that to work, well, he fully knew it, but he was hoping to get away with it. For that to work, the defence has got to defend. And if you look at some of the stupid goals he did the last stages of matches, the same goal time and time again. If you've got Terry and Carvalho as your centre-half, you win those games. Mm. They're balls into the box, not most of the time, aren't they? They're even low and into the box. And if you win box. those games, you're 10 points further up the pitch and you've won the league, the top of the league. I mean, I know they're not deserving that, but yeah. that's what it will feel like to him. It will be, if only they bought me Squignard and the other centre-half I wanted. Yeah. 
That goes to your point, though, Martin, about it, we have played nominally quite a lot of the top teams. But the concern is when we play those fair middling teams, the ones towards the bottom, West Brom on Saturday apart, we blow it. We did against Fulham. We let them get back into the game. We did against Palace when we could have scored a second and taken them out. But all those games, you knew as soon as we scored a second goal, that game was over. All those teams had a goal in them, but no more than that. And we didn't put them to the sword. And that's why we've lost those points. So I don't have a great deal of confidence in the fact that we can put away a lot of those teams at the bottom. The reliance is, though, you know, Kane and Son, such, obviously Kane, Kane came back at the weekend, I'm assuming not 100% fit, made all the difference. We rely on him so much. And one day he will leave. I hope it's not until he's broken the Jimmy Greaves record. I really, really don't. But who knows? Money talks. We all know that. And when you look at him and Son, then you look at the rest of the team. Okay, Lloris, Holbier, Son and Kane. Who else? Ndombele. Ndombele as well. This is his first proper, hopefully full season, uh, Reggion, whatever. But, you know, it's still not the greatest team. Let's be honest. There's still room to improvement yeah. there. So if you lose key players, where does that leave us as well, Stephen? If that does happen at the end of the season? I think that's exactly right. I mean, it, it comes back to what I was saying right at the start. That You know, a lot of the problem is is the players. You know, we are, we, as you say, we're so dependent on Kane and, and, and Sonic. I, I was, when Kane was out, uh, you know, when, when, when he got that injury... Um, and all the commentators were saying, you know, it's a disaster for Spurs. All this, but I was saying to myself, well, not necessarily. You know, we came to be out before, and we've done all right. You know, we've been fine when he's been out for months at a time. Uh, it's changed that this season we are totally dependent on that partnership. And when they, when, when it's not there, it, it, there's nothing. When that's not working, there's nothing left for us. Um, I, I mean, and, and the, the biggest is a whole different ball game that I'm opening up now, but. I still can't get my head around bail. I just can't get my head around what's going on there because the body language of just sitting there happily on the bench as if it's perfectly normal for one of the world's greatest footballers to just be sitting there rather than playing. I can't get my head around what's going on with that. Paul, have you heard anything there? Or Martin, have you heard anything? What's got anything going behind the scenes? No, no I, I mean, from my point of view, I, it, it just looks like to, a man to me who doesn't still trust his body and, and is almost... Maybe it feels like a blessing release. He's not got to put himself on the spot out there. He just looks like a guy that doesn't feel he's fit enough, you know, explosively. I mean, but he's never going to be the player he was 10 years ago. But a couple of times in the cup game recently, we saw him just sort of push off. And yeah. you thought, here he goes. He's getting more confident. But I don't think he trusts his body not to break down. I think those injuries are really caught up with him. And, and it must be as frustrating for him, really, you would think, that the fact he just can't. He can't find any form. He can't justify a place. Mm. I mean, Martin. I mean, you, the frustrating thing you almost with the West Brom game. He okay. He dropped the players that should have been dropped. Dyer was dropped. Uh, Kane obviously came came back in. He brought in Mora and Lamella, who certainly divides opinions on this podcast. But just the two of them, the thrust of getting the ball and running forward with it and, and creating more chances, to me it was even more frustrating that it took something that simple to change things that he refused to do against Chelsea. If you look at so many of those results that have been good this season, particularly Arsenal and City, by playing Bergwijn on the right, who basically works up and down as an auxiliary fullback who bombs on, the shape was there, they hit teams on the counter, they defended well, they won those matches, 
the reality is that the moment Kane walks on the pitch, straight away, the other team is scared because they know if they don't go with him, he's going to turn and hurt them. If they do go with him, he's still going to hurt them. So they've got to, they drop off instinctively, create, they leave space. They don't get as tight anywhere on the pitch because they're worried about what Kane will do. Because he's the best player we've had in a very long time, one of the best players in the history of the Premier League. He's not, maybe, he won't be known as an all-time great in some people's eyes because he hasn't won anything. You ask the players who play against him and play with him. Mm. And they will yeah. all, every single one of them would have him in their team if they could, without yeah. question. Mm. There's your answer, isn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, look, let, let's let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about tomorrow night's game against Everton, the massive game on Sunday against Man City as well. Back after a very short break. And we're back for the break. Uh, don't forget, this season we are in association with William Hill, the official betting partner of Tottenham Hotspur. As ever, they've just hot-footed me some latest uh, odds. For these, uh, go to williamhill.com uh, if you haven't already downloaded their app. Check out the website and the app for all the enhanced prices in the build-up to kick-off. I don't know, Paul, if you like any of these. So tomorrow night against Everton, Everton's slight favourites. They're 17 to 10. Spurs 7 to 4. 21 to 10, the draw. Uh, either team to win in extra time, 10 to 1. Uh, to win on penalties, 9 to 1. Uh, we just mentioned Harry Kane there before the break. Harry Kane to score first. That's been enhanced for Spurs show listeners, 4 to 1. Uh, Sun over one shot on target has also been enhanced for Spurs show listeners, 5 to 2. Um, ones other picked out here, both teams to score, each team over three corners, one card each, nine to one. And finally, with the Everton game, Tottenham now four favourites to lift the FA Cup, eight to one uh, to do that. What are your feelings tomorrow, Paul, in those odds? Do you think Everton being slight favourites, I think, has got to be right? Yeah, isn't it? they're the home team, they're in they're pretty decent shape at the moment. I imagine they'll put out a strong side. I think we will as well. I think we're more or less going to see a full-strength side. I can't see... Do you think so? And yeah, I, mean, I think, you know, he's, he's he's often taken the cup competitions seriously, even in his time at Chelsea and at United. And, you know, he knows he can't go out there and, and, and put out a second string because we will get beaten. So uh, my expectation is it'll be a decent... I, I imagine it will be Son and Kane to start. I'd be very surprised if it isn't. Do, can, uh, you see, can you see Bale starting, maybe? No, not really. No, no again, I, I just, I mean, if he went down the Bale Vinicius route, I think, I mean, and then hoping from the bench that if he is in trouble, he can bring Son and Kane on. That's a possibility, but I think he will take it seriously and put a strong side. I wouldn't be at all surprised. I mean, that 10 to 1 going on 90 minutes is not a bad bet because I could, I could see that, I could see that happening. I could see maybe extra time, definitely. I mean, uh, Stephen, what about, um, I mean, there's obviously talk about Delhi. I mean, I mean, he said at the press conference today, Delhi's available. I can't see Delhi starting. He'll certainly be on the bench. And and again, talking about what we're doing going forward, you know, even an out of form Delhi Alley has got has got to be worth a place in this current side, surely. Well, I I think that's also one of the great uh, on on the on the anti Marino charge sheet. What he's done to to Delhi Alley, I think, is there. But as for the game tomorrow night, I'm still depressed from the cup semi final. The Everton Cup semi final oh. in 94. So I still haven't got over it. 
So, you know, I, I just sort of, when I saw Everton come out of the hat, I thought we were going to play Everton. I just, I just got such a terrible feeling about it. Rationally, I think, you know, we might be able to get something. And I do hope, I, I agree with Paul, I think he'll, he'll definitely put a, a strong team out. I mean, it's a, it's a huge game for us. It is a huge it, it, game. You must put a strong team. You must put a strong team out. It, it, I mean, it's, you know, the Man City game, I suppose, you know, it's, it's the lead, so of course it's vital. But, yeah realistically we're more likely to get something out of the Everton game than we are than the City game absolutely and you look at the other teams still in the FA Cup Martin there's a chance I mean but as, as, as Stephen said we've got a terrible record historically there was obviously that that 95 Cup semi-final we all slept up to Ellen Road for lunchtime kick-off we, you know, on the way there Radio 5 or 2 whatever it was then Duncan Ferguson injured Amakachi starts we're rubbing our hands we've just won at Anfield Sheringham Klinsman, we never turned up. And I remember b- before that as well, I remember 85, 86, we lost to them at home, fifth round of the cup, 2 1. I think Falco scored, and then we were the holders against them in 83. Uh, we hadn't lost an FA Cup tie in obviously the two years when we won it. And I remember going up there in 83 and losing 2 0. But then we had. Uh, Price and Lacey at the back. He didn't pick uh, Roberts. Hoddle was on the bench. Ardiles was out. Archibald was out. So, I mean, we, we, you know, we had injury problems then, didn't we? <laughs> I remember that 95 game, particularly because the configuration of the ground. Yes, we had one end. And Everton had both ends. It was like a home game for Everton. And they had, they had yes. more than that because because you remember the away fans at Everton are in in the side as well. So it was just like an Everton home game transplanted across the Pennines. And, and we were different. stuck in that big stand, weren't we? And I, the thing, like every yeah. time I smell horse shit now, I think of that game because they <laughs> they put the police not because of our performance, but they put the police horses under that main stand. It stunk of manure, and so it got right up your nostrils for the whole match. So that always makes me think of that that match. All, all I remember with that match is having, because it was a, I think it was like a 12 o'clock or one o'clock kickoff. I remember leaving, leaving, we all met in like Golders Green outside Carmela's. We stacked up on the smoked seven bagels and we left like seven o'clock on a Sunday morning. But all went up there thinking we're going to win. I mean, we, you know, our Spurs fans, the most pessimistic fans in the league, but all of us went up there and said, what could possibly go wrong today? And that is, uh, that was summed up. Being a Spurs fan that match, it was just... I, I spoke just to one a, of the players who played in that game and he said that we, we thought we'd won it. So we all yeah. felt that and, and they felt it. They just thought they'd done the hard work at Liverpool and uh, it was going to be a procession. But, I mean, we're used yeah. to that. Remember Portsmouth at Wembley? Oh, we're, <laughs> we're used to that, thinking we're going to win a semi-final, aren't we? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, the, the early team news for them, it looks like Hammers Rodriguez is possibly out. He played very well very well against his first game of the season. I mean, Steve, I mean, you know, we've, we've played in the season already. They played us off the park. Um you know, Lewin up front is very, very good. I mean, the one thing that one thing that probably goes our advantage is not having the Goodison crowd there midweek FA Cup that might play into our hands. They're, they're, they're on their day. They're a really good team. They've got a cracking manager, got some fabulous players, but they do seem to have, you know, they do seem to have their, their number of off days. And let's just pray that tomorrow night is one of their off days. Yeah. Well, let's. Uh, uh, what, Stephen, give us a prediction. Your prediction for Everton tomorrow night. Oh, it's unfair because if I was being rational, you don't want to hear me say it. So my prediction will be extra time, and then we sneak it in extra time. But I don't believe that actually. That extra time, Paul. What do you reckon? 
I think it could go to penalties. I don't think either of them are going to want that. But I think they'll both be, you know, you've got an Italian coach and a Portuguese coach and neither of them are going to want to lose it. And it might turn into a game of chess, to be honest. So, gonna I'll go Spurs on pens now. We're so good at pens. Nice. Martin, <laughs> Martin what do you reckon tomorrow night? What's your gut feeling? It's 2-1 either way, very tight. Yeah. You know, whoever scores the second goal wins the match. Yeah. No, I think that, that's a fair shout. Uh, so that's 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 the Wednesday. Then Sunday we play probably the champions elect, a team that with their bogey team. I remember many years ago in the seventies, Man City, Man City uh, were our bogey team. In the in the recent years, uh, we've got a good record against them. William Hill, just so you know, uh, we are big outsiders. William Hill will give you at the moment fifteen to two for us to win, nine to four us to draw or win. And we're eleven to eight on just to score a goal. Uh, Man City's <laughs> defence uh, really, really good of late. Uh, it's going to be a tough one. But Paul, you know we've got. I remember going up there. Was it Ericsson? We we beat them two 0 Was it near the end of the season or who was it under two 0 or two one? Two one. Ericsson in the last minute. That's right. I remember that one. And we've got... Uh, we've also had a few spawny ones, if you remember. Yes. We've gone up there and they've absolutely battered us. And we've yeah. managed to come away with a point. So I'm just hoping it's another one of those games where we have two shots on target and we draw two all. Because, I mean, yeah. I, think, I think it's fair to say we'd all take the draw now, wouldn't we? Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean Paul, what, Paul, what's the reality now of, you know, when you look at League Cup, FA Cup, Europa League, I think we're currently eighth, I think. You know, I mean, you know, Martin said at the top of the show, look, we're four points off fourth game in hand. I think we've got to go on a really good run now to get top four. Um, and if we, if if he just gets us into Europa League by finishing seventh, that's not good enough, is it, this season? So surely he's going all out for a cup, isn't he? He is. I mean, it's going to be a tough League Cup. You know, I imagine De Bruyne will be back by the time we play that. And you know, they're doing all this without De Bruyne, who's, you know, arguably their best player. So... The League Cup's going to be tough. So it's not as if we're going there expecting to win. That's going to be a tough day. We've still got work to do in the FA Cup. You know, there's still very good teams left in the Europa League. So, you know, even landing a trophy. And as I was saying on that thing for Talk Sport last week, if we end up, I don't think we do, but if we kept going the way we played against Chelsea, ending up 12th and winning a League Cup would not constitute a good season. Um, for, for us, or certainly for him, with a kind of coach of his a background and his reputation. So I think they have got, they've got to keep in touch with the top four. And who knows, they might put a run. It's so open. Teams are going on good runs and they're going on bad runs. We're seeing it constantly. We're not alone in this. I mean, even Liverpool now uh, are worrying about being top four. So it's not inconceivable um, that we could start to put a run of games together. But look, on all fronts, it, it's going to be difficult. But as I said, almost... This weekend, you can't write it off. We've got to go there and believe we can get something. But but if we can come away from Sydney with a point, I think that will be a real morale booster. No, I mean, Martin, I, you know, I, I go back to that extraordinary night, uh, um, not only Champions League qualification, extraordinary night in the Champions League in the quarterfinal. And I remember we, we then went back there on the Saturday and we thought we're knackered. And we, we were unlucky. We lost. I think it was Phil Foden scored early on. But we actually played really, really, even that game we played really, really well. So we've certainly got something on it. And Jose, tactically, if you go, which game would Jose tactics would be great? It's Man City away, surely. Where you just give them the ball, sit there, try and do them on the break. They're a bit suspect at the back. You know, it's not, I mean, I think 15 to 2, the win, isn't that outlandish? 
Well, I mean, if the spread is Spurs 28 per, to 30 points possession, you'd probably take that, wouldn't you? Because you, 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 might, you might even sell it because I'm not sure we're going to see too much of the ball. Realistically, if they got anything out of it, you'd be absolutely thrilled because City are playing really well at the moment. There's no doubt about that. Their confidence, everything they weren't when we played them earlier in the season, they are now. If, if you if you think 15 to 2 against us for the win, isn't that outlandish? Then all I can say is I've got quite a few bridges to sell to you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and also the way we played, we can't play the way we played against Chelsea because, you know, Chelsea had, had their shooting boots on and they've been more clinical. It could have been 4 0 at half time. Yeah. City, yeah, if we true. sit back and just say, go on in City, what you got? We'll find out what they got, which is quite a lot. And it could be yeah. embarrassing if we're not careful. So we have to have more intent. We have to have more of a plan than just sitting back and letting them just soaking up pressure because, you know, they've got so many weapons. They've got so many different ways. They're good from set pieces with their defenders. They're good wide. They're good through the middle. It, you know, it's it's going to be really, really tough if we just if we are that sort of laid back and we just think we can ride out and soak it up. It's interesting. So, I mean, Martin, do you think we're going to go strong line up against Everton? I mean, you know, uh, you know, it's interesting what Paul said. He thinks we're going to go strong. I mean, you can't go as strong in both games. One game, surely, he'll have to look at where, I mean, can you see Kane and Sam playing both games 90 minutes? And... Yeah, I, I certainly think he'll start both. Look, the game that they'll look to rotate is next Thursday against the Austrian because you've got a second leg. Yeah. So yeah. they, even if, and let's prefer, they're not going to, con- I wouldn't have thought, can they concede three or four and be out of the tie? I can't see it. He thinks it would appear, looking at hearing what he said after the game, 16 games to go. He thinks if they win 11 of them and draw one, that's 70 points, that's enough for the top four. If you wow. look at the games that are left to play, not mm. saying they're going to win them, but they're winnable games. There's Newcastle, um, two games against Villa, um, a lot of teams you'd expect to beat if you play half half decently. Palace at home, these sort of teams. So you can understand his argument. He thinks that that's viable. He's discounted Saturday, I'm sure. He want to try and play. He won't want to throw it away because he doesn't like Guardiola. But it's a game that's not going to throw everything at. But I think for Wednesday is a match he thinks he can win because he wants to win the competition. And he's three matches away from the final. If you know, if he wins tomorrow night, he's two matches away from the final. So I think that will condition the way he, he he picks a side as well. Well, I mean, Paul. I mean, it hasn't been since what 1982 when we reached the League Cup final and an FA Cup final. Uh, that'd be something. What's your prediction then for Sunday, Paul? What, what, give us a score prediction. <laughs> um, my my heart says one all, but my head says two one to them. 2-1. Martin, what do you reckon on Sunday? I'm taking 3-0 defeat. 3-0. Okay. Uh, Stephen, what do you reckon? 3-1. Yeah, that's, that's exactly that. I, I, I think I think, I think think we'll go 3-1 after going a goal up early on. Uh, that's my... my <laughs> and sitting training. back. Going a goal up earlier on and, and sitting back. And then yeah. sit back and just yeah. exactly invite Fantastic. it on. Uh, very quickly before we go, just to remind you at home, for additional premium Spurs show content, including a daily Spurs news update show, uh, match reports, interviews with ex-players, documentary series. Go to patreon.com slash Spurs show. Next week, we've got Simon Schaffer, Johnny Blame, Dame Julie Welsh are with us uh, next week. Well, I think that's all, really. It hasn't been as depressing as I thought it would be no. today. I, yeah. I really thought, uh, you know, I was going to 
be suicidal, but you've kind of, in a way, I don't know how, but you three have actually cheered me up. Um, not that you've been that positive, but, uh, mm. but while I've got you all here, I'll, I'll quit prediction then, actually, for the rest of the season. Paul, what, what do you think we're going to do this season? Where do you think we're going to end up? And do you think he'll get, do you think he'll win us a pot this season? Um, I think, I think we'll get to at least one of the finals. I don't know which one. Well, in addition to the League Cup. In addition to the um, League Cup. Well, I think, yeah, I think we're capable of getting to another final. I'm not saying we're right. going to win it. And at the moment, based on the way City are playing, especially playing at Wembley, I wouldn't expect us to win that either. But anything can change before then. It's going to be a mark of him as a coach and as a motivator and as a tactician because it's a pretty good chance he could have to come up against, um, you know, very, very good coaches, uh, young, sort of bright uh, modern coaches, if you like, and he gets a lot of that thrown at him, which he hates. So he's, he's going to have to outcoach some very good coaches to do that. But um, we'll see. I don't know about top four. So that's a crapshoot at the moment. I'd like to think we can get there. We could anything. We could be anything from fifth to or fourth to eighth. Put it that way. I mean, the thing is, Martin, we've got to start playing better. We've got to go back to when you were last on, the Man United form, you know, away when when everything was working. That That's my issue. We need to run into a bit of form, haven't we? Oh, you look at where we are, probably finishing fifth, sixth, just because actually the, the number of games will take its toll on other clubs around us as much, arguably more than us, because we've actually got enough really good players in really important positions. And go deep in the Europe, the Cup Winners' Cup, or the, the Europa League, rather, whatever it's now called. I lose track of it. The, the Europa League, I think we can, there can definitely be a run there. It should get past the Austrians. Then you're in the last 16. Wouldn't be shocked if you end up playing United or Arsenal in the final. Yeah, exactly. Arsenal's still in it. United's still in it. It's a good team. Well, Leicester in the final, actually, because they're a good team. Yeah, no, no. I mean, that'd be something. It's in uh, Gdansk this year. Stephen, do you, what do you think we're going to do for the rest of the season? Well, I think I think just because you said we cheered you up, um, <laughs> I, I, I think I think seventh, maybe sixth. If we're lucky, I don't think we'll get to another final. I think the fact is, Marino is an anachronism now. He's passed it. We've got the wrong manager. I don't think tactically he's there. I think it's over. I think we're I think we're we're, we're stuck with the wrong manager, and he won't get sacked. And you know, I don't see any great uplift. What What about this, then, Paul? We, we 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 lose to Man City in the League Cup final in extra time. We play really well. We reach uh, a European final again. Uh, we lose to uh, a team again. We finish seventh or eighth. Would you want Jose Mourinho at Tottenham Hotspur on that basis next season? <laughs> it's a good question. There. I mean, I think as Martin said earlier on, the, the managers, sorry, the, the chairman staked a lot of his reputation on getting Jose in. He's his man. He wanted him paid him a lot of money and cost a lot of money to get rid of him. And I think it would take a lot. I'm not sure that kind of scenario you painted would be enough for Daniel Levy to, to fire him. And this is a pretty good chance there's going to be no fans there. You know, he's not going to be getting a sense of what people think. So I've got, I've got a feeling he'll be there next season, uh, barring a complete collapse, you know, 14th and we get knocked out of every cup and players turning on him and they're clearly not, you know, trying to leg. I don't think that will happen. So I expect to see him there next year, maybe with a bit of money to spend and to get one or two other players, certainly a commanding centre-half, and then who knows. I mean, I, I said the day he came in, I was obviously very pissed off that they'd treated Pochettino the way they did. And I know results went south with him, but I still think he was a good manager. If he were invested in him 
and work with him, gave him the money he wanted and the support he wanted, he would have been great for us and, and could have stayed on. But I always felt that Jose would leave us 14th and toxic in about three years. And and that, that attitude hasn't really changed. I still think that's what will happen. Yeah. Martin, what do you reckon? Would you, would you like to see him that season, uh, next season, on that scenario of no trophies but a couple of finals this season? I don't think there's any chance of him going this summer unless the whole thing crashes and burns before them. So there's no point even talking about it in that regard because he is the manager for probably at least another 12 months, maybe even even longer. The other thing I would say is, even though he's not been great to watch, he's actually behaved. Normally by now, he's having a go at everybody. And he's, <laughs> and he's, and he's just dropping hand grenades and blowing the whole place up and leaving, leaving devastation in his wake. And he hasn't done that. I think a lot of that, Mo Martin, is because they're not there aren't crowds there to mm. they would be booing him off. They'd be the guys behind the dugout would be getting stuck into him. And I think that has a real bearing on his demeanour because as I said, he would be turning on the crowd. His his ego doesn't allow him to take that sort of stuff from the crowd and not react. It never has in the past. So I think that's kind of given him a bit of a free pass. I know what you mean, but I think there are circumstances why yeah, that's the case. I wouldn't wouldn't disagree. The thing is as you said earlier though, Paul. I can't see any chance of getting more than a handful of fans in for the rest of this year, sadly. I think it's getting worse rather than better at the moment. And it's all, I'd love to be wrong. I'd love to see, even if the turnstile is open, can you see more than 30,000? I'd be surprised if it gets beyond 15,000 at the start of yeah, next year. Yeah. I think there's real yeah. issues. Uh, and also, I do think a lot of the older fans might be reluctant to go in any event and be part yeah, of the yeah. crowd. Because I know... You know, I'm no longer young, sadly, and I'm starting to think, well, do I really want to do that? Anyone who's over 60, whether or not they've had the vaccine, given what's gone on, I wouldn't be surprised if they thought, no, nah, no, nah, not for me. Mm. Yeah, no, it's a very, very good point. Stephen, well, I mean, I, you've already kind of said how you feel about him. But if you, <laughs> if, you were, if you were Daniel Levy and he's got you to two finals, haven't done it, he's on this big contract, as Martin has said, would would you see him there again next season? If I was Daniel Levy, then yeah, he'd be there to stay. But if I was, if Daniel Levy was me, then, um, <laughs> then even if we, uh, you know, even if we won a cup, I'd still get rid of him. But Daniel Levy isn't me. I'm just a bloke who sits in his flat in Mill Hill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, thank you so much. It's been a really, really interesting uh, show. Uh, as I said, we'll be back uh, next week, and please join us. This Friday night with the great Martin Chivers. Tickets.spurshow.net. Proceeds go to the Tottenham Tribute Trust, as you know, help out so many ex-Tottenham players uh, and staff who've fallen on on, on, on bad times. Uh, it's going to be a really, really lovely hour. And hey, you're all at home, you're going nowhere. So please come and uh, join us. Paul, thank you so much for joining us. Lovely to see you, Martin. Thank you very much as well. Lovely to see you. And Stephen, thank you so much uh, for joining us uh, on uh, virtually on this, remotely on this show. Um, thank you so much to everyone at home. Until next week, come on, you Spurs. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at spurshow.net. Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.